Welcome to Precepts of Faith. This is Conrad DeFries. Um, Romans 10:17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Well, our subject today is Christian maturity, and this is part two of a two-part series on this subject. <clears throat> and we're dealing primarily, we have a few extra scriptures that we're looking at, but it's primarily in the book of Hebrews. Um, Chapter 5, verses 11, 12, 13, and 14, that finishes that chapter. And then all of chapter 6, verses 1 through 20. And we, we covered uh, the last time in Lesson 1, um, uh, talking about how we believe that the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews for several reasons. We didn't go into those reasons. Um, but he, he, he stopped. He was telling about Jesus, our high priest, is greater than the Old Testament prophets, than Moses, than Aaron, than Melchizedek, and so on. And then he suddenly stops in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, and begins to talk about the regression of the Hebrew believers, the Hebrew Christians there in Jerusalem, how that they're not really ready for these deeper things. Um, they've, they've gone back to the milk instead of the meat. They had matured, but they have regressed. Um, and he's talking to them all through the end of chapter 5 there and all through chapter 6. Um, and he's just telling them how what to do, how he's encouraged in them that they're going to get straightened out and get back to really moving for God and how God will use them. And he says, if God will permit, um, and we know that in chapter 7 of Hebrews, God does permit, and he continues to really go into the revelation and deeper understanding of Jesus Christ, our high priest, um, and so God does permit him to go on um, and to continue writing by the Holy Spirit um, in this revelation of Jesus Christ, our high priest. Um, so I want to just look briefly, Hebrews um, chapter 5, verse 11, um, of whom we have many things um, to say and hard to be uttered, um, seeing ye are or ye have become dull of hearing him. Um, these believers, uh, they're still in Christ, um, but they become dull of hearing. Um, uh, verse 12, um, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, um, which be the first principles um, of the oracles of God, um, and are become. In other words, you weren't always this way. You were more mature, but you have become. You have regressed, but have become such as have need of milk um, and not of strong meat. Paul's wanting to give them the meat of the word, um, and he's saying you have regressed, um, and now we've got to feed you with milk. You've become like a babe. Instead of being a teacher, you have need that one teach you again. Verse 13, um, For everyone um, that useth milk um, is unskillful, um, in the word of righteousness, um, for he is a babe. In other words, these were growing and becoming more mature believers in Christ, um, but they've gotten distracted. They've gotten uh, off the path, you might say. They have gotten uh, 
wandered away from really moving forward with God. And, and now, when they should be teachers, they have need that one teach them again. When they should be on meat, um, they're having to be fed the milk um, of the Word of God. Um, verse 14, But strong meat um, belongeth to them uh, that are of full age, um, those... Uh, <clears throat> who by reason of use, in other words, they're in the Word, they're doing the Word, they're practicing the Word, by reason of use, um, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Um, so that uh, takes us right on down now to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. And really, you know, the Bible was not written in chapter and verse. Um, someone did that later on. Um, it was written all together. And so really this is just a continuation of what was there in chapter 5, those last few verses. Um, Hebrews chapter 6, 1, um, Therefore, leaving um, the principles um, of the doctrine of Christ, it, it doesn't mean they're doing away with them, but let's just don't stay on the milk. Um, let's go on. Um, leaving the principles um, of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on um, unto perfection. That word perfection means maturity. Let's don't just stay on the milk. Um, you've regressed back. Um, but he says, I want you to go on. I want you to grow up in Christ. Um, remember who you are in Christ. You become unskilled um, in the word of righteousness, knowing that you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, um, knowing that you can identify with the Lord Jesus Christ um, in his death, burial, and resurrection. He says, not laying again um, the foundation of repentance from dead works um, and of faith toward God. Um, dead works is simply the works that a person did before they got born again, trying to get rid of the penalty of sin. Um, there's no way to get rid of the penalty of sin, no matter how many positive seminars people go to, no matter how good they try to live, no matter how much they give away to other people or whatever they do. There's no way to get rid of the penalty of sin um, when you've never been born again until you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior... He, not us, he remits. We have remission of all sin. You don't go back and confess all your sins from all the past. He remits them no matter how big they are, how, how many there are, how long you've had them. When you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, your sins from the past are all remitted, forgiven. The penalty is paid for all of them, praise God. And so don't go back uh, and think about all of that. Don't go back and work on that. That's already taken place. Your sins have been remitted. All that in the past, the penalty is paid. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 2 um, of the doctrine of baptisms and, and of the laying on of hands and, and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal security. In other words, let's don't go back to all of these beginning things. He says then in verse 3, and this will we do if God permit. He's talking about we will go on to perfection. We will go on to Christian maturity. And we said, like we've already said, 
in chapter 7, he does go on in Christian maturity. They do get back on the path and, and go forward. In verse 4 there of chapter 6, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift. Once enlightened, that means they were born again. And tasted of the heavenly gift, that's of the Lord Jesus Christ. And were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes. Well, he's one spirit with your spirit. And he'll never leave you nor forsake you, no matter whether you feel him or don't feel him. No matter whether your walk is perfect or not, he's there to help you. He's a helper. He's a comforter. He's a guide. And so uh, you were once enlightened, tasted of the heavenly gift, and, and made partakers of um, the Holy Ghost. Verse 5 um, and have tasted of the good word of God, praise God, and the powers of the world to come, that is, things that are coming in the millennium. Some of those things we're partakers of now. Even Peter said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. Joel gave prophecies of things. He didn't know about the church, but he was telling what by the Holy Spirit what would come out in the millennium. Even some of those things we're partakers of now. Peter said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel, how God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. So we're partaking of some of those things that are even prophesied in the Old Testament that would take place and coming in the world to come, that is, in the millennium. Verse 6 if they shall fall away, that word fall away means to slide to the side, to wonder. It's a Greek, two Greek words, para, pipto, um, to step off of the off of the path that they were on, to renew it's to renew them again to repentance. Um, that is to get born again, um, seeing um, they have crucified um, to themselves. Um, the Son of God um, afresh um, and put him to an open shame. Um, a person can only get born again one time. Um, after that, God tells us if they get off the path, if they miss the mark, what they are to do. Um, but in this particular scriptures that we're dealing with in these two sessions, two parts, um, we're talking about Christian maturity. We're talking about Christians, I say we're talking, we're reading and learning out of the book of Hebrews, um, how that those that had gotten born again had begun to wonder. There was a great time of testing. There was a lot of persecution going on, um, and he is writing to them, praying for them um, to get back on the path, get back in the word, get back in fellowship um, with the Lord. Um, now, beginning here in verse 7, he gives us some analogies um, to help them know what to do. Um, he said, For the earth um, which drinketh in the rain um, that cometh uh, oft upon it um, and uh, bringeth forth herbs um, meat um, for them by the which uh, it is dressed, um, he says, receiveth blessing from God. The earth here represents the believer. We are good ground. 
and drinketh of the rain, that is the water, the water of the word of God, that living water like that comes out of the rock. Jesus is that uh, living water, that rain, that he is the word, and the earth is the believer, drinketh of the rain, that is the water that cometh down, and oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, or bringeth forth fruit. When you get in the word of God and it comes, you become a doer of the word. As you become a doer of the word, that's the way you get back in fellowship. He's telling them what to do. The word is coming often upon you. You are born again believer. Let the word of God come in. Let it begin to produce fruit in your life. A person that's out of fellowship, and I'm sure most everyone hearing this teaching and this lesson either has or will come across people. They've known the Lord. They've been on fire for God. They've really been moving with God, and they've just kind of gotten stale. They've just kind of gotten distracted. They've lost their focus. And what can they do? They can get back in the Word of God. They can let that Word get into their hearts and minds again become a doer of that word they they have not that they get back in that's the way they get back into fellowship with the lord verse 8 but that but that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing whose end is to be burned verse 9 but, beloved, uh, he's talking to these believers that were, should be eating meat, and, but they're now on the milk. But, beloved, uh, notice here, we are persuaded um, better things of you. We are persuaded that you're not going to keep going that way. We're persuaded you're going to persevere, get back in the Word, and get back to producing fruit. He's talking to these Hebrew believers and and to any down through the ages um, that get in this situation, we are persuaded of better things of you um, and in things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. Um, in other words, he's been speaking pretty sta- straight, speaking pretty strong, um, but said we are persuaded of better things of you um, and things that accompany salvation things that you will produce out of a heart um, that is in fellowship um, with the Lord. Um, verse 10, for God, for God is not unrighteous um, to, to forget um, your work um, and labor of love. Um, God's not going to forget what you've already done. Um, He's not rejecting and turning you away. You've wandered away. You've gotten off the path. You're not on focus like you were. You're back on the milk instead of on the meat. He says, which which ye have showed toward his name in, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. These people that was back on the milk, they had ministered to the saints and were still ministering to the saints, but just not on the level and not in the maturity 
that God thought that they should be in. Verse 11. And we desire that every one of you do show forth the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. We are praying for you that you're going to be diligent, get back in the Word of God, get back to being a doer of what you already know to do, and that you're going to hold fast until the end. Verse 12, that be not, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. In other words, stay around people that are doers and obedient to the word of God. Don't hang out with and fellowship with complainers and backbiters and accusers and murmurers, but because those people you can never satisfy. They'll always have something to complain about, something to murmur about, something they're not happy about. He says, but stay, get around those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And this is where he's going to talk about Abraham in verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could not swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, and so after him, he had patiently endured, um, he obtained uh, the promise. He's telling these, hold on. Uh, you may not see what you're looking for right now, but hold fast. God is faithful to keep his promises. Um, it, it took you a long time to regress and get back where you are now on the milk. Um, but now that you're getting back in the word, um, now you're beginning to be a doer of the word again. You will, you will get back much quicker than it took you to fall away and wonder and get off the path um, because God is the one that is doing this. He will get you back in line much quicker. In verse 16, <clears throat> he says, For then verily, uh, for men verily swear by the greater... Um, and an oath um, for confirmation to them, um, uh, let's see, to them that an end, to make an end of all strife. In other words, men uh, will make a contract or an agreement with another person to try to get rid of strife. Um, but th they may keep their word or they may not. Um, but you know, when you get in agreement with God, God will always keep his word. He'll always do what he says. In Hebrews, then in the 17th verse, he says, wherein God, <clears throat> willing more abundantly to show, uh, to show unto the heirs um, the promise to the, wait just a minute, to show unto the heirs um, of promise um, the immutability 
of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. This is where God the Father and God the Son went into covenant together. That word oath means covenant. They went into covenant. This is where Jesus came and ratified the covenant with his blood on the cross. In verse 18, that by two immutable, that is two things that cannot be changed, it's impossible to change, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. In other words, people can make a contract. They may not keep it. But when you put your faith in God and in his promises, it may look like it's taking a while, but hold fast. God is going to keep his promise just like he did to Abraham. Abraham made mistakes. Abraham told some things that wasn't true. He disobeyed God. He went down into Egypt in, in time of famine instead of trusting God and his word. He made lots of mistakes, but he persevered, and God came through and kept his promise to Abraham. Now here in the last two verses, in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19, which hope we have... <clears throat> as an anchor for the soul. We have this hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, both sure and steadfast, and, and which entereth into that, which entereth in within the veil. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ here, verse 20, he says, we're in the forerunner, talking about the Lord Jesus. He's our forerunner. We're in the forerunner is for us um, entered even Jesus um, made and high priest um, forever after the order of Melchizedek. I want to explain these last two verses. Um, he's taking the analogy of a ship coming into shore and there's a veil, like, like a fog or a mist, um, and they cannot see where they're going. They don't know if they're going to make shipwreck. Um, a forerunner back in those days is one that would take a rope uh, that's hooked to the ship, um, jump into the water, and begin to swim through the fog and through the mist. You can't see what's ahead. And they will swim and go through all of those difficult places, the rocks or anything that's there, and they will get to the shore, um, and then they will pull on the rope, um, and the ship can follow that rope um, and safely make it through the treacherous waters where they can't see through the fog, can't see through the mist. Um, they can safely make it to the shore. Jesus is our forerunner that has already come through everything, went through everything, um, He's the forerunner that's gone ahead into heaven, and he is there as we follow him. We can't see through the fog. We can't see through the veil or the mist, but he has already went within the veil and the mist as a forerunner into heaven, and he is there to guide us through the fog, through the mist, 
to bring us safely and securely into heaven. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 8, he says, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation. These people are going through tests and trials, as the people did in the wilderness. Don't do the way they did, complaining and murmuring, but put your faith in Jesus Christ. In Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 8, it tells us how the children in the wilderness came to a place at Rephidim. They were thirsty. They were complaining and chiding and murmuring against Moses and really against God because he's the one by the cloud that had led them there. God instructed Moses to take his rod of judgment and strike the rock. The Hebrew word there for rock is T-S-U-R. It means an ugly, jagged rock that's got sharp edges. That was the type and shadow of the cross. When he struck that, water came out of that rock, and that was the type and shadow of the new birth. Jesus, our Savior, dying on the cross and paying the penalty for our sins. Well, 39 years later, in the book of Numbers, chapter 21, chapter 20, verses 1 through 13, the children of Israel came to that rock again. This time they had the same kind of problems. They were thirsty. They were going through the same test. Um, but they had already been to the rock once. Um, and God went, Moses went to God and said, What shall I do? And he told Moses to speak to the rock. Once you're born again, um, you have the Lord Jesus with you. You're partaker of the Holy Ghost. You may come into the same problems, the same tests, the same trials as before you got born again, but this time you are a priest unto God. Jesus doesn't have to be crucified again. You don't have to get born again, again, but this time you can come to him as a priest and receive forgiveness, uh, receive strength, and receive direction for your life. Um, in the book of John, chapter 13, um, in verse 8, um, uh, actually in, in John 13, verses 7 through 10, Jesus takes a towel and a basin of water, and he girds himself with the towel, and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. Peter said, Lord, you'll never wash my feet. Um, Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. He said, oh, Master, don't only wash my feet, but wash my hands and my head also, which was like getting a whole bath. He said, no, you don't need to have a whole bath. You've just been walking in the world. The world and the dust of the earth has gotten upon your feet. He said, when, when I wash your feet, you are every whit clean. In other words, um, the priest in the Old Testament, they would take a bath at home, um, and then they would walk on the earth and go into the tabernacle and go to the laver and wash their feet. Um, and you and I, were in this world. Um, we may make some mistakes. Uh, we may not do everything perfectly, um, but praise God, we can go to God the Father in Jesus' name, and we can get our feet washed, you might say, um, we can go and receive forgiveness and get back in fellowship with God. In First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, he says, But ye are 
a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Once you are born again, you become a priest unto God. Jesus is your high priest, and you can go to him and receive forgiveness through faith in the blood of Jesus. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. If you walk in the light that you have. Now, if you're not walking in the light that you have, then, then you're, you've got a problem. You say, well, I don't know if I've done everything or if I've made a mistake. But if you're walking in all the light that you have, then the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin. If you don't know something or you're not sure, you made a mistake and wasn't aware of it, but if you're walking in all the light that you have, then the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. In verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, that is the sin nature, he said then we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. It's God's will that, that believers do not sin. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the perpetuation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Before you were born again, you had dead works. You couldn't, you couldn't get rid of the penalty for sin. You could do good, do better, help people, anything. You couldn't get rid of the penalty of sin. It's called dead works. When you came to Jesus, he remitted all your sins in the past, no matter how big, how many, how long, they're all remitted. But now that you're a priest unto God, you're born again, Jesus is your high priest. If you miss the mark, if you sin, you make an error and you know about it, then you as a priest go to the Father through Jesus, your high priest, confess your sin, and the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Before you were born again, you couldn't handle your sins. But now, if you sin, he doesn't just automatically forgive you. It is your responsibility as a believer, as a priest, to go to him, confess that sin, make that thing right, believe him and receive forgiveness of that sin and he is just and faithful to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. This lesson has been on Christian maturity, growing up, getting out of the baby stage, quit the whining, quit trying to be such so emotional in the center of attention and everything, but get back in the word of God 
be a doer of the word, bring forth fruit, um, be a blessing to other people, receive forgiveness, don't sin, but if you do, go to him, your high priest, and receive forgiveness of that sin. God is wanting the believers today to go on to Christian maturity. He's got many things he wants to reveal. He's got much deeper things. He's got more meat. He has got revelation of himself. He is wanting more and more to give you more and more so he can use you more and more, excuse me, more and more to be a blessing to others in this world. Remember now the words of Jesus in Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to him that believeth.